Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. I'm Michelle Turner. And I'm Markeisha Ray. Hey. So today we're talking about uh, self-care. How is mm. your self-care And life? not that shit about taking a, a bath and some goddamn <laughs> candles. Okay, we're not judging people's self-care up in here. No, I am. Because that's okay, not enough. Are. That's not enough. But, Cal God, take me away is not enough. But if you are Cal Goning and taking away... And that me, you me, do have some awareness. Let me that tell you why that's not self-caring. enough. Self care is not enough. That is a very superficial. That taking a bath. It is superficial, shit. but like, what if that is your only option? No, no, no. You got more. If you could take a bath, you could do some deep thinking. Okay, but maybe my do my deepest thinking in the bath. I don't know about anybody else. So I do a lot of deep thinking in the shower each morning. I don't know. I think self care has got to be a go. Got you got to go a little deeper. I think self-care has a plethora of meanings and it can mean different things for us. But that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Clearly we have very strong right. opinions about self-care right. because I'm of the mindset that even self-care can look like cleaning up your goddamn house. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it looks right. like laundry. And you got to start, start somewhere, like right? Or, or not. Or, or not. not. If it, or because not. Because I, I grew so up. So let's, let's get into I it. I grew up with a mother who cleaned 24-7. Same. Like, in, I mean, just. And same. And so for me, self-care looked like, you know, I'm not going to be, um, I got dishes I'm not in, going to have these kind of routines. I'm not going to do that. I've, I've got dishes in my sink right now. In, I do too. In, in, in rebellion to my mother's. <laughs> I, you know, and I went I'm through 56 a period. I'm 56 years old. My mother been dead. Damn, I, yeah, 20 I definitely, years. I went and through I'm a period still of, resisting her shit about, same, oh, same. I'm a, I got to, you know, cleanly, you, you just got to keep cleaning. Same. I and had a mother who, like, had a strict regimen of, on Saturdays, we clean. Right. Yes. Right. That's what we do. Yeah. Yes. I don't currently I, I do get that. Up Soul train. You, I don't girl, do that. you get up on a Saturday morning and heard some goddamn Marvin Gaye. <laughs> right, yeah. She Betty started Swan playing albums. It was time to clean. Or some Isley, or whatever the yep. fuck it was that was in my mother's. Or just the radio on. The, oh, yeah. girl, yeah. the radio. Like just the TV the radio went off on. and the radio came, and came on. on. And, and you heard that. Time to clean. And my mother would start that shit about 10 o'clock. She'd give us a break. So you heard that shit at 10 o'clock. Oh, get a break. No, no. 10 o'clock was my mother's. She'd give us Yeah, she's like, but also, too, like, I don't know about about your your family but a saturdays was and this is the other like self-care thing i had to break out of in terms of routines beyond cleaning which is that saturday was the day you got all the shit done right so you could observe right. the day of rest on sunday <laughs> whether that now mind you that might mean for some people that you did go to church right and religiously <laughs> and all day i didn't grow up in a very church household so what that meant is that on Sunday, my mom turned on gospel music instead of whatever she was playing on Saturday, and we mm-hmm. listened to that till 12. <laughs> and, and that was me. That was And me. that meant that, you know, you stayed in your respective space. Don't bother My her. mother sent mm-hmm. us to church, and I didn't understand that until I my became mother a mother. My mother used to send me to church, too. <laughs> I did not my understand did that thing. shit until yeah. I was a mother, and I, I was like, my, my mother, mother was, was me to carving church. out time for herself. For herself. For herself. Yep. Yeah. She mm-hmm. cooked dinner. So by the time we came from church at like 2, 2.30, quarter to 3, 3 o'clock, because, you know, these goddamn <laughs> Pentecostal churches keep you ass in there between 2 and 4 o'clock. Real easy. So dinner would be ready, but my mother sent us to church, and she never would go to church because my mother had no – she had, my mother had no no desire for church and the bullshit of church. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we didn't notice until we were much older. <laughs> <laughs> and now that uh, – and you know, uh, so we 
would go to church and we'd be there all fucking day. We'd be to church at like 8.30 in the morning to like mm. 2, 2, 30, oh, 3, 4 o'clock. Like, mm. And my mother would be like, and so we'd get home, we'd be starving, but dinner would be ready. <laughs> oh, we'd, yeah. Right. And Tommy? then, wait, and then we'd fucking go back to church <laughs> oh, God. at yeah. like 6 o'clock <laughs> till about 8 o'clock, right? Shout out to people who were, were raised in the yeah. So My mother was yeah. a good bedside Baptist. <laughs> my mother was like, a bedside Baptist too, but we weren't. You weren't. You know? <laughs> so she never did send me to like Pentecostal church. She would send me to like bat- with somebody to go off to Baptist mm-hmm. church, so or Methodist church. Well, we went, <laughs> we went to Sunday school, right? Yeah, you had that break. Oh, I hated Sunday school. I yeah, was wanted to stay upstairs with the adults. And well, then, no, I liked Sunday school because it was like cute boys and I yeah. was fast. So it was no, cute it boys. Was, it was no cute boys. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't like Sunday school. And, although, I would have, and when I was these cute the summers, boys, I know now they look terrible. And of course they do because men. That's a whole different self care. <laughs> yeah, that's another like, self care episode. Then y'all got it. So shout out to like if we ever have any men listeners, <laughs> and, and we won't. I need y'all to stop. <laughs> Playing with your lives, <laughs> like this is self care tip. Stop playing with your lives. Yeah, it's it's women out here like looking good because they're taking care of themselves. themselves. They're trying to eat right, exercise, and you have the super jock men who are still in the sports and stuff. So they they still are in pretty good shape. But those of you who like your glory days, just like I played sports, I don't play them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to but the gym. I, but I talk about them. I've never eaten a vegetable since I left my mother's house. <laughs> like y'all gotta stop. Y'all gonna die real soon. <laughs> yeah. So and don't look for me to take care because motherfucker, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna be in good ass health and what taking care of a motherfucker who is all fucked up. I'm not doing it. Aflac. <laughs> Damn that till death do us part. Shit, I'm not doing that. You <laughs> better have Aflac, okay? I'm so your ass can go to Where, what is uh, that? Aria, you know nice and lovely so they will take care of you because i am not <laughs> but but in all sincerity though we have a crisis of sisters under siege oh absolutely and we are dying in numbers that white women are not dying mm-hmm. heart disease is killing us cancer diabetes. is killing us diabetes is killing us things are killing us mm-hmm. and i don't want to have a judgment about that because we've come through so much. I mean, we are we are people that have survived a middle passage. So yeah. I'm not going to beat I, this is not this is not an assignment of beating up sisters. But I will say um having a mother who died at 57 from complications from diabetes who did not take care. Mm-hmm. And my mother was a woman who was under siege. She worked two full-time jobs. She had a very abusive husband. And, uh, and 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 she was a good spirit, a good mm. soul, but she didn't take care of herself. I mean, she just did not. So at fifty-seven, to die at fifty-seven, as I sit here at fifty-six, I think about this self-care. I mean, you know, my mother never had enough rest. I mean, she just never had enough rest. And no matter how much rest she got, there was it was just not enough rest. You cannot work two full-time jobs. I don't. No, right. who, who thinks that's a good idea? And I get and the, the I get the economics of survival. Right. I get it. And so I'm starting to sort of see I you know, I'm in a I'm in a, a group of, of women, of weight loss women, uh, and uh and a sister posted the other day, I'm on my way to the hospital because I'm in the middle of a stroke. Oh my God. <laughs> She's like, Let me post this real quick. <laughs> Ma'am what she did. Ma'am what? Wow. She posted wow. and she's like she's like because I came to this weight loss game late. Mm. 
She came to mm. it late. Now, yeah. she's fine, but she had a, a stroke. And that had to move her, right? As opposed to... She's like, I know I'm on the right path to this way, right. to this Yeah, health. like, this is the thing I have to you do. Know. And I get it because I'm in this... You know, there's this there's this community of people who who are uh, talking about fasting as a way to sort of lose this weight, and I'm about to step into that in a in a big way. I've been doing intermittent fasting for a year. Yeah, I'm going to say you're doing that. I've right? lost twenty pounds because mm-hmm. I was when yeah. I started this intermittent fasting, I was at uh, three hundred and five pounds. And you can see it in your pictures. Girl, you yes. You can see it in your pictures. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't care what nobody say. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I If nobody anybody, else don't see it, right? Anybody knows you has seen it. And so now yeah. I'm, at, I'm at 280. I'm at 280 pounds. So 20 pounds. A little more than 20 pounds. And now I'm about to jump into a, a bigger fasting mm-hmm. mindset. Because you have some significant things you're doing. I have significant health challenges. And, and I, it, listen, with all the education... And, and awareness mm-hmm. that I have, and I'm still fucking up, I can imagine what women who are under siege every single day who do not have what I have and are up against it health-wise. And black women, we are dying from shit that we should well, not think, die from. And I think we have a mentality of if you sit, if you sleep, if you nap, you lazy. Right? Yes. You're lazy. Oh. Yes. You don't, Michelle. you're not doing what you you're supposed say, to do. Michelle. Yeah. Because, you know, I know I grew up like that, right? Absolutely. If you weren't sweeping, cooking, cleaning, like, what bathing are you doing? yourself, who are you? something here. Why are you to, to rest? S- right. Yeah. Who are you to sit, sit down? Sit down. And even though when I, there's things I will to be say, done, I will say it's, it's funny because, so I'm, I'm an only child, of course. Um, and I grew up, I grew up with a mother who is the oldest daughter in her family. Mm. She also is the middle child. She was, she had three older than her and three younger than her. And she was the doer, right? Mm-hmm. And she did 20 years in the military, which, you know, uh, many of the women who came into the military at the time that she came in, in the seventies, mid seventies, didn't do that. They found him a husband. They got married. They got out of the military. She did 20 years. Like, that's a huge yes, thing. That's a big so thing. So she's known nothing but work. And she would tell me stories about her life. And that's why I always love, love, love my mother. She was a storyteller. And she would tell me stories about her life. And this woman literally worked from the time she was 12. Mm-hmm. Like, she always had some type of little job. She would go run groceries for her neighbors when she lived in Philadelphia as a, a as a you know, like a tween and teen. Mm-hmm. She would run errands for people and get paid for that. And she would um, babysit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was always in this act of of making money because she knew she lived in a household where, you know, there's seven kids. Right. And and like she like she realized pretty quickly, even though I remember sitting at my grandparents house, and my grandfather was still alive and learning that, you know, and learning at the same time that she learned that at one point their family was on welfare. And she's like, what? Mm. <laughs> it's like, all I've ever known is my mom and dad working. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. She, and so she was like a grown ass <laughs> woman when she found out that they had a period of time where her dad was out of the house so that her mother could receive welfare because my grandfather wasn't working. Um, but she's never, no, she never knew anything but work. And when she got out of the military, you know, believing the lie that, oh, there's going to be these great opportunities when she got out of the military and discovering the truth of the matter, which was that there were not a lot of great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Her husband at the, at very, at the time, my dad, they broke up. 
and he wasn't coming home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how clear he was with her, but my mother, like having looked at her old medical records, my mother suffered a lifetime of depression that was never addressed for many, many years until around the time where her marriage started to fail. Her and career I don't was think ending. black women have the luxury. They don't. They don't the have the agency. Access. Or even the language. Who do you talk to about when right. you're like, I'm depressed. I'm really hurting. I'm going through a lot of things. Because people will say And I don't you, know girl, how to manage that. Oh, you should you just go to the Lord. Black women yep. are not depressed. And, and I've oh, seen, yes. and I've <laughs> go to seen, I've seen her old journals where, you know, she was seeking God. She was seeking like, why is my life unfolding this way? You know, my daughter's growing up like I and I, I don't know if you all remember me posting a little excerpt from one of her journals. Yes. And she's like, you know, and, you know, I remember my feeling like my mother was always very strict with me. And I was like, why is she so strict with me? Well, she remembers being a 23 year old girl, really, because when you're 23, you're really still very much a girl. You're not mm-hmm. very much like you're not at that maturity level where you can handle all the things that right. are going to come at you. But she was a 23 year old young woman who was about to be a mom. Like, well, she was a mom. Like she became a mom mm-hmm. at 23. And so, and discovering, oh shit, this dude that I got pregnant by isn't going to marry me or, or I'm, you know, he's saying these things like he was, my my real father is a lot older than my mom. Mm. And so like, and he has these different ideas than I have about what this all should look like. And so they ended up not getting married. And so for the first very few years of my life, it was just me and her. Mm -hmm. And she told me the stories about being a young, you know, soldier living in housing and not having, you know, not making very much money and trying to make sure that her kid ate and that she had, oh, someone like could pay someone to take care of me. So she'd go to work. And like there, and you know, if you think there aren't resources now, there weren't any resources in 1979. But what you don't know is like, there are no resources for a single mother in 1979 in the military. Yeah. Right. And so like, that's still true today in a lot of ways, but it's not true in the same way. And you know, what my mother would ultimately decide is that, you know, once she got out of the military, she always wanted to open her own daycare center. And what she ended up having was an in-home daycare center to have like an in-home daycare to help Mm -hmm. mothers. Um, But like she didn't know that like, you know, years later at like 52, she'd be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And And the isolation that she was experiencing working by herself, something that I'm doing, trying to do for myself now, Mm -hmm. like going into entrepreneurship and work for myself. Like I find myself these days and I I had a day like a couple of days last week where I was experiencing some extreme loneliness. I was like, shit, what am I going to do about this? Because yeah. this is this is what I'm signing up for if I decide to work for myself in the current capacity that I'm looking to work for myself, which is going to be a lot of days where I'm just out here by myself. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I protect myself? Like just basic things like protecting yourself, making sure that you're making contact with other people, yeah. that people are aware. My mother was very isolated in her work. She was a smoker. She was a lifelong smoker. Mm. And she tried many, many ways to quit, but never was successful. Never was successful Alzheimer's helped her quit smoking because mm. she would forget to smoke. But like, how do you not? And so that untreated depression probably played a role. Yeah. That, that being... You know, having an only child and not being married, not having these people around you kind of daily. Like she had a great support in the community that she like cared for in terms of. But after my grandfather died, like I saw my mother quickly deteriorate. Wow. And even though it happened over a a period of about a decade, like I noticed significantly the drop off. Like but she was there She because she had the most flexibility in her schedule Mm -hmm. because she had her own business. When her her father was dying, she was able to be there. But something about that process took a lot away from her. Out of her. her. 
And so I saw her decline very quickly after he died. And then trying to navigate your health care after like when you're trying to run your business. Again, something I'm clearly about to jump into trying to run your business, navigate your health care. Like what at what point? And she didn't come. You know, she's she was around like she's older than you all. Um, She's not older than you, Michelle. Um, or she was older than you. She was two years older than you. Okay. Um, but like she, you y'all don't come from necessarily a generation. And she didn't. She only had some college, but she never had the experience of going off to college. So certain things she didn't have experience with, like accessing mental health care in right. the ways that we access or have availability to access it now. And so, but even thinking about how to pay for that, like she was lucky. Right. Like we were so fortunate that through the course of her progression in Alzheimer's that she had access to the VA and I know the VA gets a lot of shit but, but if you live in the Northeast and and she was living in Philadelphia and having someone who's an advocate for you like my aunt was for her to make sure that she got her services mm-hmm. so anything my mother needed the VA provided it yeah. and it did not cost her a dime Darn. yeah but for the rest of us and you know when I see people talking about oh I don't want I don't want universal health care. You crazy as a mofo. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, guess when what? When shit hits the fan, yep. you going to want bills. somebody to pay for all that shit. Like yep. bankruptcy for most people is real. is real and it has a lot to do with your medical health care. Yep. And so it's if you real. want regular and most like health insurance doesn't even really pay for like mental health care. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to see a therapist on a regular basis, like forget yes. even the luxury of like having a therapist who you can see regularly. Right. Like. One that your insurance will pay for. Right. So, like, like I think about all of that in the progression of her disease, and that really was the disease that really, you know, got her. She was, like, generally healthy beyond that, all things considered. But when she left the military, she stopped running, which was, you know, running, and I was a runner, is something that provides you kind of some mental space. So in, in that way, running can be self-care and exercise can be self-care. But for some people, like, if you are already at a place where you don't have the mobility yeah, to exercise. It's different. It's different. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, when you talk about your mom's depression, I think it has only been within the last decade that we as a people, as a community are saying it's okay to seek help. It's okay to go talk to and, someone. And, you know, and I still don't think we are. We are we're fully, not. No, we're not, we're fully, not there, fully there. But I think we're better than we were 10 years ago. I, oh, I, I agree. I think we're better than we were two years ago. Yeah. And so. So I I came across this woman, this young sister, uh, Trisha uh, Hersey, who was a divinity student in at Emory. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to juggle all these things. As we all are. <laughs> As we was, all do. And it was killing her. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, there's got to be a different way to sort of do this. And so she created this NAP ministry, yes. which has Probably resonated with me. Because as someone who suffers from sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. you know and i have a whole machine a sleep apnea machine that is designed to put air into my system so that i don't have a stroke in the middle of the night right like i've had this machine for what three four years now five years maybe i don't even think it's five years at least i 
I imagine. You, you, you. Well, we know, we know how <laughs> you are with time. I know, I know, bad Michelle. Bad. No, I know. I'm, I'm talking to call Michelle. You on it. And Michelle's like Babs. So if you don't think it's five years, that means it's been at least seven. <laughs> yes. Okay. Michelle's like Babs. That shit is thirty years ago, bitch. I was like Michelle. No, twenty years ago. No, no Babs. Twenty years ago. <laughs> no. I was like, are you sure, Babs? Very sure. Twenty years ago was like the nineties. And bitch. also because we're about to be in two thousand twenty. Like you literally cannot. I'd say that that was 20 years ago. I know. So anyway, this young sister, Trisha Hersey, uh, she she created this NAP ministry when yes, she was in Divinity School. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she's a performance artist, a poet, and a founder of the NAP ministry, an interactive project focused on rest as resistance. And I thought, you know, at first I at first I didn't at get first you were resistant to the yes. resistance. <laughs> I was. But because you're like, girl, I don't have time for that. <laughs> what you talking about? I'm raising What's four, that got to do with resistance? Kids. I'm trying to do the But then when she that ain't said, power to the people. She said, Look, listen, when you think about how Harriet Tubman went back and forth to the South to get people and how much time and energy, and energy that, that that shit took and then i was talking to a sister who was i talking to i was talking to a sister who said she mapped that route out like she she Ooh. fucking drove her car wow and, and you know harry said, Tubman did not have no car no, no. listen <laughs> and a she horse said, she a carriage because you know she walked it probably a lot of it. a lot of it and she said with my motherfucking car. <laughs> if your car she was, was like, exhausted. bitch, pull over. <laughs> she's like, with my car. She was like, that shit. Her GPS was like, bitch, pull over. She's like, it was, she said, this is too much. It is. Even absolutely. driving this shit. She said. Like, because think about like how much you had to stay up. Right. To even drive. Girl, right. She said, I, she said, I drove my car. She said, I started that shit in. She said, I didn't even go down south. I just, <laughs> I started that shit from Maryland to Pennsylvania. And she's like, like no, the fuck not. She's like, I drove my car. And she was like, she pulled over. She's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> she's like, this is some bullshit right here. And she's like, like, you trying I'm... to tell me Harry Tubman what this, this Girl. With and dogs she... and only uh, not and a change of shoes. And, and what? she said, oh, hell fucking no. And there was not a shower at the end or, or halfway through. There wasn't a place. To, there wasn't a nice uh, a, a spa. A, there wasn't a Marriott anything. <laughs> and she like, said, oh you know, God. she got when she got to. She she did it. She went from Maryland to upstate New York, and she she got to upstate New York where she was, and she realized she had the luxury of driving, <laughs> right, right, and could stop and go to the bathroom and have and lunch eat. And she said she got there, and she started crying. She's like, because I, I would not have been able to do this. Mm-hmm. Right, you're like I don't feel like I have the personal fortitude. Like if if because you know she you've seen, have done you've it. Seen, and you've seen those memes that that are like are very derogatory. They're like, oh, I'm not my ancestors. I will I will lay hands. Like no, there are white people spitting in your faces these days, and you ain't laying hands. You you're not trying to go to fuck to jail. Yeah. So the reality is, is like I'm not cut out. Like I'm not built with what my ancestors had. Like actually, Markeisha, I man. don't have it in me. Like mm-hmm. if somebody Markeisha. was. If I had to go, and you know, I was talking to somebody. Have y'all seen the Harriet movie? I saw yeah, the Harriet movie. Yeah, we saw movie. the Harriet movie. I haven't seen it. 
Admit, when she wades in that water, yeah. that's a true fucking story. Yeah, yeah. that and part is true. She's wading yes. in that water, and I'm thinking to myself, and she's got on them cloaks, and right? Clothes. And as someone who learned to swim and... this summer, let me tell you, let me tell you. So, as someone who learned to swim this summer, I need all kinds of shit to swim, and it's not that I need it to like be afloat in the water, but thinking about people who are afraid in water who right. cannot swim. And the idea of wading through some water where you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's in the water. Right. You don't know how deep the water is. Right. And you don't know whether you're going to float. You don't know whether the water is going to quickly go above your head. You don't know whether the water's going to start rushing. You know, I have on all kinds. I have a nose clip. <laughs> I, I wear, when I go in the water, I have to wear contacts because I can't fucking see. Um, Me too, girl. So that means I have to wear goggles. And I didn't even know you could wear contacts. I just put my <laughs> goggles on and I'm thinking, oh. Why well, I can't see. But again, goggles. But so. I see better with my goggles. So I was like, all right. I'm, but I'm but again, goggles. Like the fact that you even have right. such a modern conveyance, right. like a, a goggle, and or what? And you know, I you know they they taught us about wearing these things called rash guards, which when you're outside in the sun, it keeps you because you know you saw me in Jamaica get like hella sunburn. I get sunburned yeah. very easily, mm-hmm. and so like again, so you're thinking about Harry Tubman, like fucking sunburn. Like she's like, <laughs> bitch, you put a come on here. <laughs> Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, shoot you. I will. I was like you either gonna get this sunburn or you are gonna get this bullet. <laughs> you gonna go to glory one or two motherfucking right. ways. So you you pick your poison. So anyway, this young sister so. has said that naps are a form of resistance, and I didn't understand that until I started following her, mm-hmm. and particularly and as she starts to break down how capitalism girl, is and the your Marquisha, labor. You better say it. Your labor is required for capitalism to go. Oh, absolutely. And your and this kind of Puritan work ethic, this idea that you like working hard is next to godliness. And so you gotta work yourself like or that you're like I remember listening to a podcast where this guy was talking about and I understood his point because it's something that I've actually heard in church a lot about this idea that, you know, if you are doing some shit that you're not supposed to be doing at work, like working on your other, like your side hustle, that you're stealing from your employer. And that's bad. Like God sees you stealing. Nigga, they stealing from you too. <laughs> they yeah. steal from you when you work exactly. in. Exactly. 80,000 hours a week exactly. where they make you feel bad about using your vacation time. Or where, sick or time. Or if your kids get sick, particularly women. When your kid gets sick and you need to take time to take care right. of your kid. And we've seen some employers yeah. kind of break out of that narrative and say, oh, your kid is important. Like go ahead you being go able home. to take care of what you need to take care of and still get paid at the end yeah. of the day makes you a better employee. Right. Like there are definitely employers who are starting to hear that narrative, but there are still way There's more still employers too many who don't more. understand that your right. life is not at work. Right. And so she says self-care is important, but... I'm really interested in soul care, which mm-hmm. takes a deeper view of yourself as a human being, being worthy of self-care. The care comes from, from you, not from a, a massage therapist or getting your nails done. We're often quicker to buy an expensive spa product than we are to take a nap. Right. Well, you know, that's important. Wait, wait, wait. That, but that's also capitalism. To take a nap. And we're we're but but what has gotten into our souls is that we don't think we're worthy of sleep. I was gonna say, yeah, it's like it's, that. It's you a can't love even thing. get to self care until you look at what's happening on a soul level. Mm-hmm. Because when you say to somebody, "I'm gonna go take a nap," people are. What you mean? <laughs> or also, not even that. Even if you're not telling anyone that you're going to take a nap, because I found this like I'm still on sabbatical. 
I'm not back at work. I've decided I'm not going back to work. Um, but even now, like I put this pressure on myself because I'm trying to start a business and a business very much involves my, my toil. It involves my doing work. And so I've had a couple of days where I've literally not gotten out of bed. And it's not because, luckily it's not because I'm depressed because I've been there. I know it's like to not get yeah, out of bed because you're like, I can't fucking get out thing. of bed. Yeah. But I was like, I just, I don't. And I was like, oh, and I feel so guilty. I feel so guilty because there's shit to do. Yeah. There's, but there's always shit to do. Yeah. And then add motherhood to that shit. Yeah. Add motherhood to that shit with four babies. and you, Because then you have people you, depending on you. You have people depending on you and a husband who was like, oh. It's your job. You're the mom. It's How your role. about being a single mom? Breakfast. Single mom. Single mom who's a manager who also has this child. And there are games. There are doctor's appointments girl there are things i got four kids that got four different activities and i would say to them you get two activities a piece <laughs> but here's the thing i i can i can girl. mirror all of these things because i went from being in a two-parent household to being in a single parent yeah. household all throughout the course of like my formative years so you know getting and your mama said listen my mother got me a car because she's like, I cannot run behind you and all your right. You got band, you have basketball, right. you have clubs. And I can't do and it's, it. And it's your senior year. Like you have to like, and your junior and senior year, which are very like important years right. for kids. Right. In terms of activities and competitions and, so and she all kinds said, of stuff. So she's like, you I need to be able to drive yourself. I will absorb this. Absolutely. Or I will, this makes sense I will absorb me. this. I also will fight the battle with your dad to make him help pay some of the mm -hmm. costs because the costs are coming. And I'm also, by the way, like, and I remember, like, oh, I remember seeing my mom go through these periods, like after she got out of the military, trying to find jobs recognizing that no job was going to pay her what her last military pay was. Yeah. And she was making good money. Like she was, you know, decently ranked in the military. So she was making good money. And she, you know, and there being a dispute between her and my dad about retirement, because she was like, if you're going to retire, I'll stay in. Yeah. But feeling like they didn't have this level of, like their communication had deteriorated to a certain point that she didn't even recognize. But like understanding, like I got to see all of that. Mm -hmm. And so... Like that work ethic that she had, like I was like, I have to work at least that hard. So right. I knew that going off to college, like I can't be bringing my mama no babies. I can't be bringing her mm -hmm. like, but also trying to get the finance piece right. Like yeah. getting your first jobs and like yeah. understanding like how money works so you don't have to ask your parents for money. Right. And like, but being in a position to have to ask and knowing that like what your mom really wants is for you to get the fuck out of her pocket yeah. right. and her to stop having like, she's like, you're grown. She's like, you know what I did? When I, this reminds me of Lawrence. You know what I did when I was like 17, 18? I joined the fucking military. Like, get the fuck out of my face with your bullshit. And you're right. because And I, I, I totally son, get it. My son Gregory's like, oh, dad, you don't understand how hard it is. And Lawrence was like, son. I had a family. I had a <laughs> wife and a baby at 17. So what are you, I, what are you talking what, about? I don't even understand about. what you're talking about. Yeah, my wife had a, my wife had an interview. He said my wife had an interview. My then wife had an interview at Metro North. And she didn't want to go. And I went in her stead. And I got the job. And that's how I was that's how I was able to elevate us out of poverty. And you know out that's of poverty. What's interesting to me about that though, because I think we very much live in a time, and I think you've spoken a little to this, Michelle, is that 
you know, younger people, and this is beyond millennial. These are the younger people mm -hmm. after that. Because I, I, I see this kind of with the music industry. Like, we've had some really significant announcements of, of young people in the music industry who said, oh, I, you know, my anxiety won't allow me to perform right. in public spaces. And people and are... And generations prior to that are looking at you like, I'm sorry, you have the opportunity right. to make millions, it's, and you're going to do what? <laughs> you're right. going to act like what? Like, what kind and of I, work ethic is this? And you know what? And, and I, I, under I understand it. it. I do understand I it. Do. Because... On one level, A, these younger people have grown up with this language. Because I yes. think you've said this about your kids, Babs. They've grown up with this language around anxiety and mental health. That they have right. the language to talk about how they really feel. Right. They do, what they don't have is the experience to know that, okay, it gets better. It really does. Like, it really it can does get, get better. better. Like, you learn coping yes. mechanisms. But what I will say to that is that those of us who are older... If we really step back, some of us have developed some pretty shitty coping mechanisms. <laughs> like we really are like we might like can push through a lot of shit, but we have developed some shitty coping mechanisms that honestly that we need to take a step back from and say, I just I need like I need to acknowledge that I need rest. I need to be willing to tell people no, that I work I, for that I, I need I think rest. You're right. And and we're, let the chips fall where they may because the young people are like, shit, I got time on my side. Yeah. Like, if this yeah. shit don't work out, I can do something and else. And I think, I, and, and the conversation's different. It's very different. You know, I mean, listen, like I said before. Like, people are know, singing about their anxiety, for right. God's sake. <laughs> I mean, I, the fact that they can say anxiety. They can say anxiety. No, they can put it no in a There was no language for us. There was no language. There was no language for us. Like, if told, you were feeling stressed out, you just had to suck that shit up and go to work. I was told, are you sick? Because you, you sleep. No. Well, why you sleep? Because I'm tired. No, 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 no. There is no <laughs> tired. say that. Right. There's right. no tired. No you know tired. what? I love your mother, but she said that to me when I was leaving my job. <laughs> she was like, I worked for 40 years, right? I was like, sis, that's exactly why I'm doing this. <laughs> I told her that. And she stepped back. She's like, you know, you're right. Yeah. But your mother was like, uh-uh, girl. I worked yeah, for 40 no, years she, she without, right. without right. taking a break. And I was like, that's exactly why I'm doing but it. But that has been our mantra Absolutely. so well here's right? the thing this sister says the black community in particular needs rest because of the weathering of black bodies from just living mm -hmm. and trying to survive and at the same time experiencing microaggressions every day yep. if anyone should be sleeping it's black people it should be us and when you consider how our ancestors built this country with their free labor and no rest Reparations don't have to look like a check. They can come in the form of rest. Rest is a healing portal into a space where things can be different, a place that's sacred for you, where you don't have to deal with microaggressions. And she says, I nap on my couch for 30 to 45 minutes between 2 and 3 o'clock. My sister makes me these beautiful, warm crochet blankets. It feels like they have sleep magic in them. I fall asleep under them all the time. I also love herbal teas. My friend crafted a beautiful tea for the nap ministry that has mugwort and chamomile, which can help you relax. On days I can't nap, I love to close my eyes and zone out. I do a lot of daydreaming, which is like a mini nap. But now, and I'll also just add, um, we're gonna take our, we gonna take we're gonna our, take a little, a little breather, a little break. <laughs> we're gonna take our break. So this is, ma'am, what? And we shall return shortly. Great. 
Greetings, and this is Wine Time with Grown Ass Woman, an intergenerational conversation with Ife Michelle. I'm sexy. And Sharon Leanne. <laughs> you make me want to add a, a name. <laughs> make sure you hit us up. We want to hear from you. Um, again, our email is gawomenspeak at gmail.com. And what I would add to that is that I know I just saw an article today about the epigenetics and how the trauma and the historic trauma that black folks have faced in this country stays in our DNA. Yeah. And it predisposes us to the very things that you talked about at the top of the show, um, many of the diseases and things. And we know that with, with all disease in America, it, you know, when, when it hits Dis- white folks, it, when you it say, rains say for them what it and is. it's a hurricane for us. Dis-ease. Dis-ease. That's what it is. But see, when I hear this, and it sounds wonderful, and it sounds great, how to and she's it. under our, you know, her blanket. How do I say this to a young person who has three children, who doesn't have the support, who may have a substance abuse issue, who well, substance has abuse? To, I think you know, and well, that's you know, that's part that's, of it. That's that's self-medication, part of, right? right? That's, like that's, that's self-medication. That's not access to what, the things that. What do we say? You know. I don't want to get into. I don't know if we can say anything. I think what we have to do is those of us who know, we have to sort of build opportunities and places for women and sisters, sisters in particular, sisters specifically, that they can take the rest that they need. Because we are dying from yeah, shit that, that other we shouldn't people be. are not dying from. That we shouldn't from. be. And My I mother fully agree that. 57 fully years agree old. She should not be dead at 57. Right. And I'm 56. My mother's was sixty two. I'm on and, this cusp. And given that her mother is eighty four, yeah, she should have lived. I'm long. thinking about this all the time at fifty six. But I, I look at some of the young people that I see, and I wonder how I can express this to them without sounding highfalutin, without sounding. I think the only way that you can you can say to young people is to sort of be the example. Right. I don't think that it's something that you can you can't say. Do as I say. You have right. to say do you as do I as do. I do. Yeah. Like model what I have. I think the challenge with that also is like I think young people, um, and it really starting with my generation are historically experiencing debt pressures in ways that they oh. that generations prior had yes. never experienced. Girl, and it's it's so super funny because like you know we have a, a presidential race coming and we have Democratic nominees and they range the gamut in terms of generations and you you literally have people from the greatest generation coming out of the woodworks to run Mm -hmm. and you're like yo y'all y'all enjoyed a lot of benefits right like things that we've not seen that have unprecedentedly we've not seen come back around so people don't have you know secure access to housing even though black folks never experienced that right um they don't have the kind of secure the secure frameworks and we don't talk about enough how the frameworks of way things have been created, whether it's opportunities around housing, opportunities around pay. Right. We don't talk about how that impacts in America. Your well-being. And, and all of your well-being really is structured on your ability to make gains. Yes. Yeah. And only and policies are in favor for certain people in this country and to that's, make gains. And that's why I said what I said, because I see young women 
who don't have high school diplomas, who have two and three kids, who are stressed out, who are working, who are trying to work two and three jobs. This bullshit economy where we're talking about lowest unemployment in I don't know how long. Well, guess what? Lowest for who? (laughs) Lowest, not only lowest for who, but you've got either young women working 60 to 70 hours a week at $11 an hour. With no benefits. With no benefits. Or they're working two minimum wage jobs. And so where is the time in there to say to them besides modeling it? And I, you know what? Listen, I can't even look to them. I have to look to my own self. True. I'm 56 years old. Right? 56? <laughs> I, I, ma'am, only you know. <laughs> 56 years old. Is there something you can check? And so, <laughs> I have to think about this. I'll be 57 next year. I'll be 57 in 2020. <laughs> and so I think about, I just saw this piece the other, I saw this piece earlier today on Facebook about um, um, people compromised with retiring mm. and 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 oh, yeah. vulnerable, I yeah. posted about the seniors and that's, working in listen that shit jobs. that shit cut me to my core because I'm like I'm fifty I'm fifty six years old and have very small hopes for retirement right like in terms of like the prospects I mean, of it you know, you're the, like making ways but like I think the reality is I mean listen I'm vested in my my ex husband's pension yeah but he's remarried right so that so that pension has is compromised. Because of them, because yeah. he remarried to somebody else, I still get a pension because I'm vested. But it's not going to be right. as much. As much. It's not going to be a hundred percent. And I, I, I it, may, I may get Social Security. Who knows? I don't. Right. Who knows what that shit will be like when right. I'm ready to retire? And and, and really, and even though you're not working in say like some of the roles that we posted that I posted about, which was that you know you oh. see more seniors working in places like McDonald's or Walmart. Mm-hmm. Which is very scary. We're, we have the benefit of education, and we right. haven't talked really about that because I'm thinking about the women that you're talking about, Michelle, and the women that you kind of come in contact with. You know, we are all a generation of women who've had access to education. We have the right. privilege of education. Yes. I mean, we're we, the privilege we, of education, we are not the money. Master-degreed women, we're master right? Degreed women, and so right. you and but even still, knowing and recognizing, I've recognized very early that you can have a master's degree. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, I mean, there are plenty of people with I've advanced seen stories degrees, of, of master degree people who who are getting benefit. You know, and a lot of people, what they used to do, used to be able to do is go off and get that PhD. Like you stay in school just right. a little longer right. until you can find right. a job. Right. But the kinds of jobs that you can find now, then we're in this moment where people are like, oh, you don't need a degree to be a plumber. <laughs> listen, listen. First of all, why do we live in a land where like, like if you don't, if you can't make your English degree fucking work, right. you have to go be a plumber. Maybe right. you don't want to be a plumber. Maybe you don't want to be like, a plumber. Maybe you don't want to do that. Like, and there's nothing wrong with plumbers. Plumbers right. are awesome. We love we plumbers. Love plumbers. <laughs> we love plumbers. We love all the people that get we our trash. Them. Hell we yes. love all the because people who I are, tell you, when I need to call them. a motherfucker for my I shit. Wanna, <laughs> and I want to pay you plumbers whatever. Plumbers are hard to come by. Exactly. And I want to pay you whatever it is. Like, right. I am about that life. People need to be paid a living right. wage. Because when I was a homeowner, I, I had to have my, had to have my shower. Absolutely. I my want the ceiling people, fell in. When I was you like, live, When you live in your raggedy ass apartment, you still want the people who come fix it to yes. do that shit right. Yeah. Who, who know what they're doing. And so I think about like what you're saying in terms of like, how do you communicate that? Like, I think on one level, yes, it is that we model it, but we also have to recognize our privileges in modeling those things mm-hmm. because, and that goes back to your top of the hour, which is that like, it's not 
just you know buying because it's, it's easy it's, to try to buy your way into self-care and then you end up with a bunch of shit at your house that you don't ever actually <laughs> use you're like Woo, i'm gonna i'm gonna self-care this yoga but i don't want to actually go to yoga class i'm gonna do this shit in my house yeah i'm gonna pay i, mean, for I think there's some value in having a massage there is because i did and there's that. some value in massage i will say not for the the actual the very reason the self-care reasons why most people go get a massage oh i have tension in my back we need actually the value of massage is that most we live in a world now where people are isolated and where they don't like a massage might be the only time someone touches you mm. yeah so if you don't have a spouse or you're not living yeah. close by to your family Going and, to and pay for a massage might be the only time yeah, you have yeah. human have contact. Some human and that, contact. that was real for and me. That's real. That's it's real that for was, me. That was real for me when I, you know, because every year since I turned 50, I, I decided that I would make one thing a year long self care thing. Mm -hmm. And the first year was massage. I spent a year just getting massages. And it, it was amazing and life changing. And then the next year it was. I don't know, whatever the fuck it was. Right. Exercise or yoga or some yeah. shit. So what it, does self-care look like? For me, I mean, I think I think everybody has to decide what, what that it is. is for themselves. And I think it has to be thoughtful. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah. I think like you have, you to, have to sort of say, what am I not getting? Self-care might mean I need to hire, <laughs> I don't give a fuck what it is, I need to hire a babysitter to watch these fucking kids so I can sleep right. for two or, hours. And even if you can't hire, because again, we want to get away from like, to speak to your point, like self-care can look like building community and building relationship a lot of so we yes. all grew up in an era and i was probably at the very tail end of that era where you had community connections people you could trust your kid like trust right. your kids with yeah so right. if you needed a fucking mommy moment for an hour you could yeah. say look yeah i need you to watch yeah. my kids, kids for an hour i yeah. promise i will be back in an hour but yeah. if i don't get away from them i'm going to, to jail kill them. yes <laughs> yeah so and yes. for some people that look like parking your kids with your family right sometimes it looked like parking it with that chick you were cool with down the block who didn't have people in and out of her home yeah. right so like again we have to i think so to your point i think how we help people is we help them strategize about what it looks like because what so much people people so many things people see about self-care is stuff you can buy for yourself yeah. right and what it might actually look like is borrowing and, and even it might that look like, might be out of reach it might be. I mean, but when you start to say helping people think yeah. it through, yeah, and yeah. I think, and you, you know, have to start somewhere. And I think sometimes, because I I've heard this, if I say, you know, oh, I I could go have a massage, I go have my nails done, I go have, for some sisters, that shit is right. It's not a reality. That's not a reality. It's and not that, within and their. And that shit ability. sounds fucked up. It right. sounds it, fucked it up. Is. It, it is to, to to them. What they need is somebody to make a goddamn decent meal so they right. can go lay down or, and particularly right. if they're like working a couple of jobs and they're like you know what i really need because i'm someone like i've i've worked jobs like journalism is hard like journalism people don't hard. acknowledge it's, it doesn't pay well and it's hard <laughs> and that's why and, my ass will be working for quite some time <laughs> but it, it doesn't pay well and 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 it doesn't pay well and it's a lot of work and what I was finding is that, like, I had to come out of journalism because, and and it part of it is a part of my anxiety around whether or not I may or not may or may not get Alzheimer's, right? Mm -hmm. So I've done this thing where I've kind of charted around. I think my grandfather died when my mother was. I want to say my mother was in her forties, maybe. Uh, either way, I charted from about. 
like the period but so she basically i think well she got in the military when she was around 40 early 40 so i'm mm-hmm. 40 now so between 40 and 50 she was diagnosed for real i think she might have technically been diagnosed a little bit that so that's really early that's like mm. super yeah. early for alzheimer's yeah. yeah that's not even early on so that's pre-early yeah so if she was diagnosed around 52 she had a good 10 years before she before anything was going to happen or before stuff started to happen mm-hmm. What happened in those 10 years between her retirement from the military and her being diagnosed with Alzheimer's? All the things that I've already talked about today are what happened. She, her daughter, her only child, graduated and left home. She retired from the military. She, her marriage ended. She found out that, oh, I, I can't parlay this military, this 20 years of military experience into a really decent paying mm-hmm. job so I can pay for this house that is sucking me dry. So I can mm-hmm. pay these bills that I was like, shit. Where'd all these bills come from? Why? And right. now my daughter's going to college and I got a fucking money. Right. Like all of this shit that was on top of her happened in that span of 10 years before she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. She was still a smoker. She was working. She started her own business, which was great. Right. But a lot of stress starting your own right. business. A lot of stress having older parents. You're like, fuck, I'm the responsible one. Like, and I have to get it together so that I can be responsible for them. Oh, shit, my daughter still needs me, even though she's grown and out of my house. She still needs me. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of that, I'm still a smoker. I don't have time to stop and just enjoy my life. Like, we have to carve out spaces for ourselves for and ourselves. not feel bad Absolutely. about and, and that. I, I think we, I, Absolutely. And, I, and, I also, and I'm not saying she wouldn't have got Alzheimer's, but maybe it would have been delayed. No, but, you know, as I, as I, Pay attention to Alzheimer's and 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 diabetes, which is and very Alzheimer's is diabetes three. Three, yeah, right, right, and and paying attention to that because I'm somebody who is diabetes type two, and and trying to figure that out and making sure. I mean, I have a very real fear of oh, of of, uh, of Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. My grandmother had to my my paternal grandmother had dementia. But, you know, she was like 85. Right. Right. You know. And, and, she and the women on my side, of, like my mom's side of the family, have a history of Alzheimer's. Her but, favorite aunt, who did, who was in her 80s. But I think she was probably diagnosed in her 70s. But, again, it's that 10-year split. Right. But I don't have that. No, my don't. maternal, I, But we definitely do. My maternal side, no one has lived to 60. See, we live. No like, one. that's the thing. We live yeah, we a live. long time. No one. We live long. My we mother, long. her sisters, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, mm-hmm. she was 62 when she died. Oof. Yeah. Oof. My mother. Yeah, my, my mother is an aberration. My, 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 uh, my, my mother's uh, older sister was 40 when she died of oh, ovarian wow. cancer. My, wow. my, my Aunt Betty, who, who died. Ten, about six, seven years ago, you know, she was just sixty-two. My uncle Lonnie, uh, uh, my mother's brother, youngest brother, my my mother's oldest brother was killed in Vietnam. But my mother's youngest brother, he was sixty. I mean, we are we are like fifteen years apart, right? Mm-hmm. Fifteen years apart. He died from a whole lot of shit, right? Like. And see, I'm most worried because my mother is an aberration, right? And I don't know if she's just an aberration or if she's the leading edge of I, what's next. I just next. think that I've got mm-hmm. my father's fucked up genes and, you know, those motherfuckers kind of live a little bit But longer, I'm thinking about but... this, though, in the sense that, like, if this is, like, the leading edge of something bad that's about mm-hmm. to happen in our family, where we're, we're like, on, at least on my mother's side and my grandmother's side, and really even on my grandfather's side, my, my grandfather, I think, died in his 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my grandmother's 84. Her... One of her brothers lived to be like 98. 
Like, yeah. and she had sisters who lived into their late into their eighties. I'm just trying and to get to fifty seven. I'm I'm trying to get to sixty two. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to no no. no but I'm fifty six. I'd I like to see fifty seven. <laughs> I'd, I'd appreciate that. I appreciate once that. Once I get past fifty seven, I'm good. Uh, then I might be I'm like, good. all right, then, I, then I, I could get to eighty. I appreciate that, but it's it's weird when you can look at your family, right? And you can basically, it, particularly with my mom, and chart that like I'm forty now. Like, I don't know what the next 10 years, like, holds health-wise. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. because in a lot of ways, I'm going into my 40s not necessarily in the same way. I don't have the ty same types of financial worries. And you don't Jesus. have the same stresses. Yeah. I, just, I don't, but I do have I, I, stresses. I, it's a difference. And I do have anxiety. And it's like, and what are you going to do about that? Yeah. My anxiety is I'm 56. My mother died at 57. Well, my anxieties are lost, all kinds of things. And it's a my weird, anxiety is that I'm on cholesterol I lost, I just got on cholesterol medication. I lost, I lost my but very But cholesterol dear medication, if you didn't know, can portend dementia. Uh, <laughs> and they don't fucking tell you that. And I was like, oh, why no. would you put somebody who has a history of dementia on something that helps like, that dementia? Shit this is why I'm sorry, I have spent that. the last year just paying attention to and researching how to sort of get my health mm -hmm. to absolutely the place same. where I, I want to be. I think and I, I think and, I'm there. and and the, and oh, listen. I'm just angry December, though. December first, I've got a whole other plan that I'm going to but execute. It, it angers me because a we know that African Americans don't like don't get the same types of protections from the 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 western yeah. medical system. Right. So we like we were lucky to miss the opioid crisis because of racism. Yeah. We didn't they didn't put But we on, have it. Because well, we, we but, didn't. Uh, listen, we didn't. We didn't miss we didn't. the opioid crisis we didn't. in the way that They it didn't recognize folks. it. No, we didn't miss it. They the didn't press recognize didn't, it. didn't recognize it cuz I'm running a piece in the inner city in this yeah. in this next edition uh, that talks about the opioid uh, uh, uh crises in metro areas and where so many black Listen, people have but what, died. But Listen. I'm saying we, we, let me, okay, let me distinguish. So what I'm going to say is that the opioid crisis of, say, using street drugs, that didn't miss us. That never missed us. We've mm -hmm. always been besieged by that. But the opioid crisis of actually having fucking doctors do give us pain, oh, yeah. pain yeah. medication right. that white people seem to be getting in droves yeah. Because they don't believe that they still, even in the 21st century, don't believe well, that black people's pain is real. I just had an argument with my doctor the other day about this because, you know, I'm in this pain. Yes. I've been in this pain for two years. And I said to my doctor, I'm arguing with him about medication to sort of combat this. And he's like, I, you don't want to be on that. You don't need that. You don't. I was like, but what, what, what is my option? Right. You know, right. I, and I, I, listen. I don't show up believing that they know everything. Right. I don't. But I, the I fact show that you up. have to be your own advocate. Not not just your own advocate, but in a lot of ways your own doctor that you have to figure out because they're not talking to you about like they're just saying, Oh, well, you should eat better. What the fuck does that right. mean? Well, like listen. I'm someone who can figure that out, but if you don't have that type of agency or education, what the fuck are you supposed to do? With this baker's cyst, right? That I had, that I had pop in my knee, right? I go to the ortho. Now, y'all saw me. I had crutches. I had <laughs> knee brace, right? Racist. All of a sudden, I go to dude. He shoots me up. I feel lovely. I don't need any of this that I have paid for, right? 150 something dollars for crutches, 
you know, something else for the knee brace, right? I paid for this. Now I don't need it. That's sidebar. But I say to him, well, what else am I supposed to do? How do I get How my knee? How do I knee? rehab this knee? Right. How do I rehab this knee? Huh. Water aerobics and ride a bike. Because there's so many pools around. Because as someone who just signed up to be able to have access to a pool. <laughs> but my, my thing is this. Here, my thing is this. So my shit is stiff every time I drive. Nobody has said anything to me about that. Now when I go back to my doctor, my own doctor, and say, listen, my shit is stiff. What do I need to do? Oh, ride a bike. Fuck. That ain't telling me what I need to do. All That's that, although that does kind of tell you what you need to it, do. It tells you to a point. <laughs> I would say yeah, I, yeah, it and, does. But it but it doesn't because, because you're not telling me how to combat the pain. You're not telling or me an expectation to you that you're this age. This is arthritis, and you're gonna have to move that, more. I to will make say this, this: like I have a really good internist. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a general practitioner. I have. I have an internist. I have an internist. I have an internist. And as he well. is really amazing. And he's been my internist for, I don't know, 20 some odd years. And he was like, Babs, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And see, like, so I'm going through this thing. I have an internist. I love my doctor. You know my doctor. Um, but I also think, too, that like maybe I should find a new doctor because she and I are very friendly. And so I, I, I wonder sometimes if she think I'm crazy <laughs> because for every little thing, I was like, bitch, as long as I got insurance, I'm going to be here. I'm going to ask and so I'm going to ask the questions. It's hurting and I don't know why it's hurting. And I was going through this thing. So I had a hysterectomy a year ago and I, I was going through, I still have my ovaries and I was going through this th- thing where once a month I would have pretty significant pain just on my left side. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this a, a UTI? What is what is happening? Yeah. I'm down in Atlanta trying to like have a P test so I can figure <laughs> out what the fuck is going on. I was like, what is wrong? Is my are my ovaries dying? What's happening? Yeah. And so we think so I was like, well, I'm asking the wrong doctor. And so I try to treat my doctors as a team. But I really wish they were a team that communicated with one another. See, I have a team that communicates and, with And one you're another. lucky because regular uh, met like But I have a I have a lot of extenuating and issues. my my point so, is that you shouldn't have to have a lot of extenu. Like if you have doctors, right? They and all of my doctors happen to be affiliated with Yale. They're all in the my chart and that, system. And that's my that's my why thing. can't they talk right. to each other? Why don't because they talk to each other? I was going to so I was going to my regular internist for these. I was like I don't know what's wrong, and I was going through like a pain in my neck. I was like I don't know what's going on. I really think they were like this bitch is crazy. Like she's got fucking anxiety. Like she's had a lot of <laughs> shit happen in the last few years. Like and it, but instead of them just saying are you okay like are you seeing somebody like should you like talk to somebody about your and and like I think that's okay that's fine but I was literally like because for some people depression or whatever traumas they're experiencing cause physical pain yeah and so it could be that but no one's talked to me about that but that's that's how I feel about my knee it's like okay yeah I know this is the onset of arthritis right Common sense. I looked up stuff. But instead I've of them to talking to you about inflammation, like are right. you eating foods that fight inflammation? Right. Are you having turmeric in every meal? Some, like, you have to do all that yourself. yourself. And I'm okay with uh, doing a lot and of that. I'm myself, okay with doing that. But I just want to make sure I'm not taking any but, supplements that I shouldn't be taking. But See, I, I also, get that with my doctor. Well, that's really good. That, that you're, it's, I think it's right. rarer than I, people think. I think so. I think it is rare. It is and rare. And they have been very proactive. But I... I but of what I've noticed lately, because I'm on Medicaid, 
Medicaid insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to sort of see this real less conversation like and less wanting to do whatever what right. needs to be and done. i've never had that before it's more like mm-hmm. let's just do these let's do the, the basics. basics the basics i've never had that before and i and it's been really weird to sort of have this experience mm-hmm. you know because when i was married i had amazing you know when, when you know my 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 then husband had amazing health benefits mm-hmm. and so it was executive level health benefits and so i never had to worry and then when we got divorced and i still continued to have those but now i'm starting to sort of feel like what yeah mm-hmm. that this is like the, why are you talking I, to I'm me like the basic. like like you're like i might have medicaid but i also have a college degree yeah, right. like, <laughs> yes. can, but again like, why should people who don't have a, a college, college degree, degree be i'm right. starting to see the, they're asking too much to feel the less mm-hmm. i'm 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 experiencing the less right mm-hmm. and the second class kind of right experience and i thought you know and i'm in these conversations with these like i you know i was sitting with the ortho specialist for my hip and uh and he's like well what do you do for a living and i i said well i i'm a journalist i work in radio and i work in newspaper and in his whole demeanor change it changed because he was like well what do you do what investigative do you- stuff? I was like, well, I've been known to yeah. be investigative. I had the same conversation with the with the doctor but, but, in the in the in the ER because it, he was like, "Wow!" And but I'm it like, dude, but it changed. Yeah, like yeah. I, I once could, he realized that you weren't like no who he typically thought is on Medicaid. What he mm-hmm. realized was this bitch has a. Some ability. <laughs> it's like if I do this wrong, she might come for me to right. fuck my whole shit <laughs> up. That that's what I got from it. I was like, he's wondering if I'm gonna fuck his whole shit up because mm-hmm. he's talking to me in a certain kind of way. And then his whole shit changed, changed. because mm-hmm. he was talking to me about referral, and he was like, "Oh, you're overweight," and you did. I was like, uh, I was like, my quality, and you know, I went. Straight educational. <laughs> Sometimes on you gotta go full, Susan. <laughs> Pick like, your poison. I was like, right? my my. I said, my quality of life is greatly diminished. You gotta use all your your Girl. SAT words. SAT and he words. was like, and he just was like, oh, oh, you know how to talk about exactly. Yeah, so then he's like, oh, I'm gonna make the referral right now. Yep. Mm. Yep. When I walked in there, he was not willing to make the referral. Mm-hmm. He was willing to allow me to suffer. Yep. And I walked because out of there. Because he didn't think you could advocate for yourself. Yes. And I'm like, I'm the I'm the wrong bitch. <laughs> but but sadly, why do you have to be the that's, wrong and bitch that's to how get I the right, the right service? That's how I left <laughs> feeling like, why do I have to cut throats to get what I need? And I get it. And so I left there thinking, if I did not have the education and the wherewithal to sort of say, uh, this is how I'm going to fuck you up. Right. He was not prepared to sort of do what he needed what to he do. What he should have done. Absolutely. Just for you across so the he, board. So he started giving me this whole pushback. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. The quality of my life is such 
Mm-hmm. And then he just was like, oh. oh. But this is this is interesting. A black woman like, who can speak exactly, the King's like, English. Why should you have to and be I the wrong even bitch speaking, to be the right, get right, the right service? To get the like, right service. But when I just started, like, the quality of my, you know, I was like, listen. And, I, and I'm prepared to use whatever resources I have. Absolutely. Well, I'm you know, my, my, my favorite love of my life cousin died at 53. My oldest cousin died at 57. And so when I got to 50, I was scared to death. Because we all had the same habits, right? Mm-hmm. Had the same bad <laughs> habits, right? But they were older than me. We getting high, we drinking. And we, we drinking, doing... we doing all kinds, you know. And, and not the for lifestyle. nothing, the people who are older than you did these things well right. into their whatever. Right. <laughs> And, and you know, didn't seem to have and any then, ill and, consequences. And, and nobody died. Nobody right. died. These motherfuckers was like 70, 80 years right. old. And honestly, like diabetes was like, oh, you just get old. Like you just get diabetes and I you keep was, it moving. And and <laughs> you know, the life that I was leading at that time, I was a disc jockey. So, you know, you're you, out you late, did you're you out late, sleep, you don't sleep. You drink. You know, you're you drinking because you're in the club. Yes. You know, all of that. You're you know, you DJ, like, you're eating crazy, people bringing you pizza every 12 and, minutes. And, and I like that shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Same. And you love but, it. But the challenge and you of love getting it. 40 plus is yes. that you're like, you feel like shit after you eat like that. You're like, God damn, I feel terrible. Can't eat a <laughs> burger. Oh God damn, I wake up, I was like. Like, seriously, if I eat something salty, like. I feel my blood race. <laughs> like I can feel it racing through. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. How do people just ignore this feeling? Like this shit feels awful. If I have too much sugar, I feel like all my nerve endings are on fire. Like I just can't do it. I, I tell you, I, I I can't just ignore that feeling. No. That's why I don't drink. I, I can't drink cheap liquor anymore. No, absolutely <laughs> the fuck not. Because I'll wake up. Because I'll be like, oh shit, I'm still drunk. And I won't still be drunk, but you're like, oh my god, like, oh my I just god. feel terrible. I'm still, I'm still drunk. Like, oh. you're like, how do people ignore this it's feeling? Yes, no, I and don't so, know. And so, like, self care looks like not drinking too much, like for real, and really having a cutoff for yourself. And me, for <laughs> as, me personally, as, like, as I just we can't drink. do it. <laughs> we did, but like, you as know, we, we've definitely done worse. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god. And this is just wine. We've definitely done rock and rye. But I noticed though, like we we went through a period in our friendship where we were drinking a lot. And the reason why I know is because my weight was up significantly. Yes. And as soon as I stopped drinking as much, my weight started to fall. Started going away. And I was like, shit. Like, but I had, you know, I didn't I'd never really been through that period. But But we went through a period where that was a thing. We were very social. We were very social. We were out, people were buying us drinks, we were were eating eating out all we were drinking. And people, you know, and people would see us. Oh, it's the squad. Get them around. And we're like, okay. (laughs) And so like now. Tequila. Yes. So now for me, self-care really looks a lot like drinking a lot less. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It looks like it looks like staying home a lot more. It looks like, and it looks like something I said earlier, which is like sometimes it looks like cleaning your fucking house. Well, self-care for me is really working on sleep. Cause I have yeah. a sleep mm. problem. Sleep is up there. I have a real sleep problem. I I remember when Andrew, unboyfriend uh, uh, Joy, he sent me this message. He's like, I've been tracking your sleep. Like so when you what? talk, when sir. You, he, when like he, when you text something. Like, <laughs> when you text and <laughs> like all. Like if you're know. tracking my sleep, does that mean you're, you're not, not sleeping, sleeping when I'm sleeping? And I was so annoyed by that. Like I was so <laughs> pissed off. 
And he was like, Babs, I love you. And you're not getting enough sleep. sleep. Yeah. And I. I now, like, look, we've said that to her, but she don't care when we oh, say well, it. Well, we know. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't when you Andre. say it. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't when anybody say it. And, uh, and and it is still a a, a a ongoing issue to to get enough sleep, but I I am committed to sort of making sleep my ministry mm, because yeah. I want to live a long long time and so life. funny funny story for me because I also committed to sleep I even track my sleep every night uh, with my all my various electronics mm. and. Um, tracking my sleep now gives me anxiety so and i'm someone who loved sleep i love sleep but like as i've had very close people people close to me die like Mm -hmm. that gives me that shit gives me anxiety it gives you pause it freaks me out like it it anger it it makes me so upset because i was a person who genuinely enjoys sleep if you ask what Marquisha was doing, she's like, she's going to bed. <laughs> like, I would be like, oh, oh you want to go out at 10 o'clock? Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> so I genuinely love sleep. I love to sleep in. Now I'm getting to that age where sleeping in kind of hurts. <laughs> and then, too, like falling asleep sometimes. Like, I have these moments where I, like, the anxiety is on me to the point where I pull myself out of my sleep. And I was like, I don't, as I don't I'm falling love, asleep and I drag myself out of I sleep. I do not love sleep. I love it. I know how people love sleep. I, I don't. I, or I, I did love it. I don't love I it anymore. I am a social animal. I would prefer to be dancing on a table drinking yes. champagne until four o'clock in the morning. No. I'm yeah. that woman. I'm that one. I don't. I'm the DJ. Yes. Okay, I'm the one that's going to make stuff happen, right? So that means means I need to be up. I need no. to see what's going on. I need to be, you know, no. feel the temperature of the room. No. So for me, it's like, yeah, no. I'm there. I'm not asleep. I'm not no. sleep like that. But. I, and I know that I need to try to figure that out. I was the type of person that would do this. my thing. I, because, and so I will say this, you know, I talked about my mom, but like what she gifted me, I think one of the greatest gifts that she ever gave me was time to myself. Mm-hmm. She def because she was a person who appreciated time to herself because she also was a deeply introvert. Like I'm introverted. Oh my god, my mother was introverted. <laughs> but she was she was the type of person who would let me go. Like as long as my chores and all the shit that she re- held as my responsibilities mm-hmm. were done, my mother would turn me loose. I would grab a book. She let me read all day if, if unless we had to go somewhere or she was like, okay, go outside and be with people. But for the most part, but like once I became, once I came became about twelve or thirteen, she didn't force me to go outside anymore. Yeah. Because she was like, "Oh, you want you gonna read? Oh, I got yeah, no beef I got with no that." Beef there. So See, she I'm would not, let me read. I'm not that kid. So I would read, and and if I fell asleep taking a nap or whatever. She'd be like, wake up and eat. I'm not that yeah. kid. But I'm, she would no, let me. See, I, I, was, that. I, I, I was I was a that reader. Kid, so I, I was a reader, oh, no. but I also myself. was social. Yes. Yeah, and for yes. me. I'm a reader and I'm social. And I'm social. Mm-mm. But I think for me now, what it is is that because of, of the way I work and the environment I'm in at work, I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, it's Saturday. I can actually rest i'm up yeah but like i'm in the I, bed you don't feel these obligations i don't to do feel all these right yeah, i don't have yeah. to go i'm finally there this is why i don't go to sorority meetings yeah no. Same. well i i i let a lot of stuff go i Same. i just told no, people i'm feel- i you know listen and and my kid came to me and said you're home it's saturday morning you don't have anything to do I was like, and I, I was am. like, but wow. But also, like, 
you being able to tell her the thing that I have to do is the thing you see me doing. Resting. Yeah. yeah. Resting. And being able to say that because, you know, I used to feel kind of this kind of because I'd grown up in the routine and growing up in a routine is really good. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Mm-mm. But I was like, I don't actually like there's nobody here that's going to like yell Make at me you. if I don't do right. these things. Because like there's no obligation. I do them because I want listen, to. And I, I was told. I, I've long since given up cleaning on the weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I never did that with my kids. You know, we would clean. We would clean during the week so that we could have weekends to free. yourself. Right. Yeah. I was like, we would clean on a Thursday. I said, we clean on a Thursday and they would do their chores and then the weekend. Which, which I absolutely love. And even this though is what I would, I would grow them. up to live a life that would not allow me to clean on a Thursday because I'm probably somebody's meeting. Right. I, I grew right. up with them. I, I, I taught them to sort of say, uh, we, we would clean on Thursday. We would clean, two, we would clean Thursday and Tuesdays because we wanted the weekends to do and go where the day takes us. Mm-hmm. And my children will tell you this. They were like, Oh, we never, we didn't clean on the weekends. My mother would say where the day takes us. And so we would clean on a Thursday and Friday, they they were like, okay, what are we going to do on, mm-hmm. they would look, they would be excited about what right. we're going to do. Because they have the whole weekend. So right. Like, what are we going to do, mom? I know you have some shit planned. Like, what's the thing? Yeah, what are we doing? And then where are we going? Is, it, is there a museum? I was always impressed though that, that my mother had these routines that allowed us to, get shit done like we didn't clean all day no <laughs> we no. like clean for I, I a couple hours and, and then, that was it boom no, no. we're going out we're going I, off I, to the mall we're going off I to do have so that she had a great routine but I don't want that routine so I, gr- I, I grew up cleaning on a sa- yeah. Saturday morning yeah. Yeah. you get up you my clean. mother would allow us to sleep till 10 yep. and we would get up at 10 and we would Within an hour and a half, we get our chores done and do whatever, and then, and then we can go have the. Rest and then of the my day. mother would be like, "You have to get the fuck out of this house. Right. You are not going to be in this house all day." And we would, we would go out and do our thing, and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and then we'd be back, we'd be back in time for like yeah. six o'clock to get our hair washed. <laughs> right, because my because my sister and I, my mama did hair. On my Sundays. mother did hair. You yeah. get your hair washed Saturday night. Yep, and plait it. And then Sunday, got it straight. After church, you get that shit pressed the fuck down. Yep, and my mother could press hair royal so crown. my mother could press hair so good. Crown people thought rugby. it was people Blue thought magic. it was a perm. My mother could press hair so yeah, good. Yeah, no, my mother did hair on Sundays, but also like she, my mother was like a drill sergeant basically. Because yeah, yeah. like not only would I get my hair done on Sunday, so after like her her bedside baptism, mm. like till noon. Then she started doing my hair. Then I'd have to iron my clothes for the week. Yep. Like, my mama didn't play. Like, it wasn't going to be none of this. Oh, where we go? Where are we? Oh, hell no, bitch. No, you better get, some, you better get five get, outfits. Right. And figure <laughs> it out. She was also the mom that, like, if I came home on Friday with homework, we did homework on Friday. Friday. But again, and like that, it. I had my weekends free. That's it. We weren't I, doing rushing to do homework on Sunday. Well, nope. see, my, my, my growing up between the ages of nine and 11 kind of changed because my mom got badly burned when we were kids. So we took on the responsibility, you know, me, my father and my sister. So it was never a thing of where, you know, I had a weekend to myself in that year and a half to two year period. We had to pitch in, you know, you had to, you know, and my, my favorite story about my older sister (laughs) is that my older sister was a fighter. And, you know, she said, she always used to say, people would bother me. I never bothered people. But we would, every day, for the first 30 days that we lived in this neighborhood in Bridgeport, she had to fight. 
every day. And every day she would say no. Okay. We have to hold my shit. I'm not. Yeah. Hold my shit. And and we go. go. And and she would tell people in school, she said, I'm not allowed to fight in school. But I'll meet you after school. But I'll school. meet your motherfucking ass after school. And I'll beat the shit out of you. Yep. And then and then we gotta go get the baby. Yep. And then we gotta go get the baby. And I that's real shit. And that was real. You know, and so in that time period, I think once everything so-called got back to normal, there would be times when I would come home after really, you know, because let's face it. If you're a kid who's who's smart and you're taking all this, these classes and you got the homework and you're doing this, that and the other, by eight o'clock at night, you're tired. On Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon after you clean, you're tired. And, this and, is, and my and parents would say to me, and, <laughs> this, and, and, this and my parents would say to me, the precipice of self-care for us. And my parents would say to me, why you sleep? You're like, Dude, I'm tired. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Why you, why, why you? And you're like, you don't bed? know time. Yeah. Your parents goes, I don't, you don't know you time. You don't know time. You don't know time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. And I remember when I was raising kids, I'd make my kids take a nap. Yeah. Like I made them take a nap. Hated it. it. But they, but I didn't take a nap. But like I said, like that was my opportunity to rest. So there, there actually was a lot of ample rest built into my life. And I, I, you know, you know, Marquisha, I am still struggling with resting and, 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 and standing in that space of rest. Yeah, and, and rest yeah. as revolutionary mm-hmm. yeah. resistance. Thinking about it like that is helping me to change my oh. my guilt. Well, because even though yes, I was someone who because grew you're up like, with, who the fuck am I to think that I could fucking right. on a Saturday also, afternoon right. I'm in at the bed. two o'clock I'm or not even down. Saturday? Like it's been Monday and Tuesday for well, me. Uh, uh, and Monday and Tuesday when I think about the both of you going to work, you're being <laughs> on the radio at a particular time, you having to be at that job at a particular time, and I was like. So I could I could I could make some phone calls I could send some emails but I'm gonna sit here and read this romance novel all day and I feel like and and so I, you know even though I grew up in a household where a bit of rest was built in for me it was always conditioned rest and yes. that's what I just realized in this it was conditioned rest it was conditioned upon getting all these little all things these other things right. that you done. have to get done right. and if you don't get it done you haven't earned your rest and, I and just so the think- revolutionary piece is not re- thinking that you have to earn your rest yes. you already earned it your crown has yes. already been paid right. for yes <laughs> and i yes. And, and that's what i want us Absolutely. to leave this conversation with mm-hmm. is that we deserve rest and that the nap ministry is a real thing it's not frivolous it is not uh asinine it is as important as your services elsewhere yes. like your your sorority service yes. your church yes. service yes. your yes. community service because it's that a service like. to yourself it absolutely. is a service to yourself and it's service. okay to, to have absolutely. a service to yourself and we deserve rest yeah. yes and that we we can say well done and and recharge and absolutely. recharge so thank y'all Get some rest. This was taking out. Get some goddamn rest. Lay down. And you know what? If somebody comes to your door talking shit about you sleeping, fuck them. Show them the door. Show them the door. Uh, fuck them. And lock don't, don't And make them. sure <laughs> and don't fuck them and lock the door. Uh, don't Especially if they're like a terrible fuck with you, like bad yeah. work. Don't do it. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I don't know what kind of podcast this is. I don't know. It just happened. That, that went off the rails. 
but it's fine. It's Self-care fine. is whatever you need it to be for yourself. But rest has got to be the cornerstone of that. Has to be the cornerstone and the capstone of that. That you deserve to do nothing and to be still. And to not feel bad about that. And not to feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's hard because we as black women are trained. Not conditioned. To. And conditioned to do above and beyond shit. And we have got to dial it back. Dial it back. Because the very existence of our being is at stake. 